0: Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week in preparation for Sabbath July 30th, we look at Lesson 5, Extreme Heat. Together, let's see what happens when we're forced in fire by the master blacksmith, Jesus Christ.
1: The Sabbath School Rescue podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. All right, here we are, lesson five extreme
0: heat. And Michael, we've been dealing with the triple digits (laughs) every day this month here in Texas. It's crazy.
1: (laughs) What did you say? Like 25 out of the last 30 days or something like that?
0: Yes. Like we're supposed to hit a record for most consecutive days over 100 here in in Texas. That's so crazy. There's a lot of things I miss about Texas. Triple digit weather is not one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't help that I'm trying to entice you to come back anytime soon. You're like, uh... What what's the temperature there again?
1: (laughs) Right, right, right. Oh my goodness. Well, so so you're telling me about London, right? London today. You know, we're recording just a little bit ahead of time as we usually do. It's July 19, and uh, right now they're recording 104.3 degrees Fahrenheit, which is the hottest in recorded history. That they've ever been keeping track of this stuff for for london so probably in a thousand years it's never gotten this high so you have to say something about uh climate change the that all these record temperatures this year it's just off the charts buster
0: no, it really is and i'm praying for those who are battling fires because i know we're mm-hmm. in a red f- uh, flag warning but Are you? Um, Yeah. So please just uh, keep those who are battling some of those things. I saw whether redwoods were hit recently, and Mm -hmm. um, just just praying for for France too is having
1: like uh, uh, these horrible fires that are just like catastrophic. Yes.
0: And so so I think it's ironic uh, that we're we're entitled extreme heat today. I'm going to go ahead and read the the memory text. That's okay with you, Michael.
1: Yeah. Let's uh, do it.
0: Isaiah chapter 53, verse 10. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. It says, when you, uh, when you make his soul an offering for sin, we, he shall see a seed and he shall pour and uh, he shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Once again, mm-hmm. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 10. And it talks a little bit about C.S. Lewis there. And. Oh yeah. Famous um, quote here. Yes. The, the famous quote, uh, Michael, you want to read
1: that quote for us? Sure. Okay. I love C.S. Lewis. And uh, this is at the end of his life as he's dying. He, he said this, not that I am or I think in much danger of ceasing to believe in God. The real danger is of coming to believe such dreadful things about him. And the conclusion I dread is not so there's no God after all, but so this is what God's really like. Mm. Ouch. Uh, How many people
0: have we met before, Michael, that have that fear? Uh, Think of Jonathan Edwards' uh, sermon, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God, right? Yeah, they they come to think that
1: that God is this angry God in heaven.
0: Yeah, they they confuse God with Zeus, uh, Mm. with lightning bolts, rather than the kind and compassionate and merciful God that we actually serve. And so, uh, as we're thinking about that, Michael, let's, look a little bit at this. Let's talk about Abraham in the
1: crucible Sunday's lesson. Yeah. So interesting story, Genesis chapter 22, that uh, has Abraham taking his own son uh, up the Mount uh, to offer as a sacrifice, as a burnt offering. And a lot of people have kind of wrestled with this. What does this mean? Did, Did God really want to sacrifice Isaac there on, on the Mount and, and uh it, it, what, you know what what what's going on here and this idea in asking the question rhetorically if if god already knows everything he knows what abraham's already going to do what was the point of of putting him all through this and and yeah, there's a sense in which God knows everything, but God also exists in real time. And God exists in the present in the sense that he interacts and engages with you and I. And and that doesn't mean that uh, the future is predetermined. Right. No, it's There's not. an aspect of, of choice that God <laughs> allows us to process and, and make those decisions. So just foreknowledge does not predestine us. Uh, that all of our decisions are uh, pre-made for us. And and so this was a test, a test for Abram of, of his commitment and faith in God, and ultimately putting the thing that mattered the most to him, making sure that God came before even that, which is, it's difficult to imagine, but within uh, that framework within that ancient near Eastern mindset, you know, that, that son was his future, the son that he thought he would never have and miraculously God provided uh, for him. And now to make sure that that son it's himself was not going to become uh, something that would impede or come in the way of his relationship with God. And, um, and so we see that that's a test uh, and it's true. Uh, you know, um. He succeeded in, in in passing the test, you might say, right? So he, right. he actually did obey God, and his uh, it was counted to him for, for righteousness' uh, sake. And, uh, or as John 8 says, um, your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day, thinking, looking forward of Jesus, the Messiah, and he saw, it and it was glad. So we have these kinds of things here that help to remind us, to help to alert us uh, of, of uh in the midst of these uh incredible challenges that god is at work and he puts us through these things not because he wants us to go through these things but in the midst of that um that uh, that crucible as it as it were uh, our faith is tested and we are given an opportunity to uh, showcase our faith uh, what, what are we going to do? What decision is Abraham going to make in this case? And we have a, a beautiful story, uh, but that story is not we always do. beautiful. No. <laughs> At no. times, it could be a little bit wayward, uh, like Israel. So, Buster. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: So, wayward Israel, and this is a, a very, very rough uh, story because, you know, sometimes as you're reading scripture, you insert yourself in there to try to experience what they're experiencing, see, try to feel what they're feeling. And every time I get to this, I'm like, I can't, I can't imagine. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but God is saying, well, imagine, cause this is what I, what it's like for me. The, those of you who do not know there's story of Hosea and Gomer and Hosea's call to marry a prostitute and God warns him. She's not going to be faithful to you. And she isn't. And God sh- shares the analogy saying like H- Gomer is treating Hosea. So you Israel have treated me. Uh, this is supposed to be a sign of that, but Hosea is faithful even in the midst of his wife's unfaithfulness, and he tries to lure her back. But then it gets to this portion of scripture in Hosea chapter two, it says, "What is what is God's doing? Uh, what is God doing?" And he's trying to call Hosea, or he's trying to call uh, Gomer to repentance. And so what he does, it says verse seven of chapter two, she will chase her lovers, but not overtake them. Yes, she will seek them, but not find them. Then she will say, I will go return to my first husband for it is better for me than now. For she did not know that I gave her grain, new wine, oil, and multiplied her silver and gold, which they prepared for bail. Therefore, verse 9, I will return and take away my grain in its time and my, my new wine in its season and take back my wool and my linen given to cover her nakedness. Uh, ver, last verse, uh, now I will cover her luteness in the sight of her lovers, and no one shall deliver her from my hand. Now, we see, we read this, but I'm telling you right now, if you go back and read this verses 14 through 23, I think we're going to get there in a second. We actually see that God still has mercy on her. Uh, mm-hmm. So it might seem that, and, and this is what I love about scripture. Uh, you were talking about a wrong view of, of God earlier, Michael. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes as we're reading scripture, we realize God has feelings. Mm-hmm. His feelings get hurt. He loves
1: God. us. God's a real, per- is, is a real, is some, something real. Yeah.
0: Yes, yes. He has tangible feelings. It's just mm-hmm. that he is the slowest of everyone to anger, uh, mm-hmm. but there is justice still there. There is still um, uh, uh, these feelings that he deals with, but he deals with them in a just way. Right. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so we see here when he's calling Israel back and he's saying these things are going to happen. He's saying, I, at the end of the day, I want you and I'm not going to force you to come back to me. But mm-hmm. I want you to know that, that whatever decision you make, I will honor that, mm-hmm. wow. but I'm not going to, I'm not going to give up on you. I'm going to mm-hmm. continue to try to persuade you to come back to me, but mm-hmm. I will not give up on you until you absolutely throw me away. Wow. And, and that's, that's, a, that's a tough one to take because sometimes I feel like we feel like just being in the presence of God is enough. He doesn't just want us to be inside of the church building. <laughs> Right. He wants us to be in a relationship with him. And there's a mm-hmm. big difference. There's a big difference between Michael going on a date with your wife and actually being present on that date. Uh, there's a difference between being at home and actually being a presence in the home. And mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest difference. What we Going to church and being on your cell phone the entire time doesn't mean you're at church. <laughs> mm-hmm. or, or even being at church and listening to the sermon, uh, being compelled by the sermon doesn't mean you're actually a part of the church. Part of the church means, like once I said early, earlier, you're in a relationship with God. You're also in a relationship with people, fellow believers yeah. uh, that are seeking God with everything they have. Uh, and so I, I love it. I'm sorry, Michael, I have to read just I can't leave the with doom and gloom. <laughs> uh, no, this is this is very important verse 14 of Hosea chapter two, therefore, behold, I will allure her and bring her into the wilderness and speak comfort to her. I will give Mm -hmm. her vineyards from there and the valley of Achor as a door of hope. She shall sing there as in the days of her youth, as in the day when she came up from the land of Egypt. Now we, we hear that and imagine this, he's saying as in the days of her youth. So he's saying, when you have are older and you've messed up so many different ways you've turned away from me you've committed adultery against me there is when I'll allure you speak comfort to you and cause you to sing as in the days of your youth and in other words I will choose to forgive you and not only forgive you uh verse 19 I will betroth you to me forever yes I betroth you to me and righteousness and justice and loving kindness and mercy. That's the kind of God that we serve. Uh, The problem is a lot of times we read and we stop reading at verse 10 and we forget to get to verse 14 through, uh, through 25. So praise the Lord for his loving kindness, but praise the Lord for those of us who hear the call and turn back against the former lovers that we've had against God, the other gods and turn back to the one and only true God.
1: Well, you were talking about being present and it reminded me of how often in our society and culture that it's easy to just get out the cell phone and, and, and just start, you know, playing a game or reading text messages or catching up on emails. And it's easy to become distracted. And, uh, you know, part of, I think with well, the point that, you know, is the importance of, of being present and being relational, what a relational God we have. Yes. Um, and also, it also is interesting. I was listening to one of my favorite uh, podcasts is Financial Times uh, from London. And there was a new research study that that they were sharing about that, that talked about um, the challenges of parenting when there's all of these people that are posting all these pictures all the time with parenting advice that you're constantly inundated with Ouch. all kinds of parenting advice. So, so parents feel guilty constantly yes. because, oh, I'm doing this wrong and that wrong. And, and it's interesting, they, they said that actually the average working parent spends more time with their child than in the 1950s with the, the whole notion, when it was possible, of, of someone being a stay-at-home parent. And um, I believe it. I believe and it. And so, because, because parents feel so guilt-ridden and, and guilt-tripped that they have to constantly supervise and be with their kids there. Um, and so it just creates these unrealistic expectations.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah my, Michael, I, I love that you
0: shared that. And uh, I won't say where, but a friend of mine, that's a pastor called and said, you yeah, have a parent that I'm trying to counsel against something they're doing. It's like, what are they doing? It says they read spirit of prophecy to their children three hours a day an hour and a half in the morning, an hour and a half in the evening. And I said, whatever you can do to get this foolishness to stop, stop. And I said, how old are the kids? He's like, age six and I think four. Wow. Michael, uh, and I listen here to each his own and we're not here to throw rocks at anyone. Mm. But what I, what I am sharing is as much as it's important to be a present, uh, I go back, even if you read, Child guidance if you read uh uh, whatever whatever even compilations you'll read yeah uh, sister white is all about making sure that even the sabbath hours are full of joy and fun on the sabbath for kids and age appropriate yes and and that's what i'm saying for a six-year-old to read Mm -hmm. to them for an hour and a half daily the spirit of prophecy it's too much Uh, and they will grow up despising the one that uh, that has so much wisdom and, and love and mm. care for people same thing yeah. for god if we have our devotionals are are t- age appropriate they're a little bit longer now but they're also mm-hmm. kid led uh, as they have questions i answer those questions but we begin wow. with something that's age appropriate right uh, and yeah. so listen here once again the biggest thing is if you're in a relationship you look at the person And Michael, what my wife likes and what your wife likes is going to be different. What your kids like, what my kids like are different. So get to know them for who they are and Mm. then work from there, right? Yeah. Biggest thing. Beautiful. Yeah. So, Michael, tell us about surviving through worship.
1: Okay. (laughs)
0: so here we have hopefully it's not three hours
1: worth of worship sorry all right no we won't even do a podcast that long no we won't (laughs) uh here you have the story of Job, and i again we referred to this in the last episode and i think we'll refer to it several more times before this quarter is over And, you know, Job goes through all of this, uh, terrible, terrible suffering.
0: Yes, he does. And
1: God sees Satan and talks to him and, you know, where have you been? And Satan says, I've been roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it. And then he says, well, I'm, have you seen my servant Job? And, and, um, and so here uh, it kind of sets the stage, you know. Obviously, uh, here's this this kind of uh, picture that's that's depicted for us. God's sovereign of the God of the universe, but but yet he he obviously God knows what's going on in this earth, and Satan's been busy causing a lot of trouble. And obviously, eventually, Job is the one that becomes the the one in the crucible that faces these uh, terrible terrible calamities they're it's awful just life is, is seems upended and uh even that and the challenge is well then if you do all this bad stuff that that job will surely then curse you and and uh, that will be the end of it and instead uh job um shaves his head and tears his robe, falls to the ground in worship, it says, and uh, naked I came from my mother's womb, naked will I depart, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away, may the name of the Lord be praised. So this uh, idea of surrender, of consecration, uh, he can't explain all the terrible things that have happened, but he will not uh, turn away uh, from his loyalty, his fealty, if you please, uh, to to God, his his Creator, um, and I think sometimes that's the only way to respond. Uh, I can uh, think of um, some some recent tragedies, right, um, that have have happened that I I just have I have no good explanation for it, Buster. Uh, one right. of my good friends, I, I think you met him even uh, down at Baylor, Jeff Dale. Oh um, man, yeah. Heard about that story? Yeah, yeah he no, was, was mountaineering and and slipped, and we're not ex- actually sure exactly what happened, but somehow he he um, he fell tragically to his death at 29 years old. Just yeah. finished his PhD comps at the very, you know, doing some just amazing scholarship amazing work. For his whole yeah. life ahead of him. I mean, I just just uh, considered him a, a, a good personal friend, and 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 how do you explain that, Buster? How do you explain that? There, there seems to be no good explanation that I can possibly think of as to why his life should come to such a tragic demise. And yet here um, we're reminded, if we step back, we don't understand the present realities. Um, We can't understand with, with our human knowledge, um, why certain things happen. We know who causes them. That's, that's Satan. Satan ultimately causes all the, the strife and evil that, that, that we suffer here in this world as the result of sin, which also is the consequence of our forebears, Adam and Eve. But um, I think we have to take a, a posture of Job, uh, a, a posture of humility. If we start yeah. saying, well, we know all of the cosmic significance of what happened, you know, by our friend's death or something else, some other tragic thing, um, it, it seems a little bit like hubris to me, Buster. Um, right. I, I don't claim to know the mind of God. I, I can't even claim to know why this, this particular tragedy happened to my friend. I, I just don't. But I, I do continue to have faith and trust. I think we have to take that posture. I was created by God and into the world. Naked, I came. Uh, naked, I will return. I will return. But I will, uh, I will bless the name of the Lord. I, I'm not going to turn my back on God. Uh, God is still a loving God. And someday, someday I, I look forward to that that glorious moment when we reunited with friends such as Jeff, who we have tragically lost on, on, on that path, on that journey. Uh-huh. And I think that's that's all we can uh, possibly say in moments like these. And if Jeff were still alive, I suspect that he that's what he would want us to um, continue to uh, cling to hope, to cling to faith and uh, faith in our uh, our God in heaven, a loving God, even Amen. though we don't understand suffering um, necessarily. Yeah you know
0: um, Wednesday's lesson kind of transitions into that with just surviving mm-hmm. through hope. yeah and as I was reading second Corinthians chapter one, uh, the lesson is very clever of doing this which it starts at verse eight and nine it says, uh, uh, let me go back here. Second Corinthians versus, uh, verses eight and nine for, we do not want you to be ignorant brethren of our trouble, uh, which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened beyond measure above strength. So that we despaired even of life. Yes, we have the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead, uh, but then it switches over to verse four and, uh, ver- uh, verse three, which is talking about the God of all comfort, talks about the God of all comfort, says who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. So it mentions comfort, 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 comfort a lot. <laughs> and what's very interesting, Michael, is that the word for comfort here in the original language is parak parakaleos, right? Uh, parakaleo, if you will. So it's not just that he brings us comfort that's distant, but parakaleo, parakaleos, right? It means that he comes near us in order to bring us comfort. And in turn, oh. we come near others to bring them comfort because God has comforted us, which is the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is pa- called the uh is called the comforter for a reason because as the Holy Spirit gives us comfort, it's a gift that keeps on giving. We give comfort mm. to others and mm. we open up ourselves and that's why we survive because we have one another. Uh in the midst of, of Jeff Dale's um tragedy, uh one of our former students, Michael, went to the Waco Seventh day Adventist Church, where he was a member of and they took out an entire service and they just shared great stories about him of, of a great help that he was and what a great man he was. And my, one of our former students, Michael, that didn't really know him because it was one of their first times uh, uh, going to that church. They said, what a loving church and what a loving person this was, even though I never met him. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the blessed hope that we have of seeing each other again, but also surviving through the comfort that we give each other that we actually get originally from God and that's oh. that's what church is about that's what the body of Christ is about and i pray that we hold on to that and we recognize we're called here on this earth for purpose and mission and it's not to serve ourselves but it's to serve each other being beacons of hope wherever we go
1: yeah yeah it's uh, you know we're a people of hope busters as listening we to really that we are yeah yeah so michael tell us about that extreme heat once again <laughs> just can't get away from it, you know. No, no. I uh, really, I, I, I am afraid and fear for the uh, for people that that don't have access to to uh, air conditioning, you know. And I, I just hope that that people are able to get uh, to safe places Amen. in the midst of of times like this. But uh, even more than that is uh, spiritual heat, if you please. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh god allows us to go through those um tough times it's not easy buster it's it really not is easy. not but uh, and, and it never helps and you come along and like ah oh, you know sex to be you <laughs> you know <laughs> kind of thing um you know uh, it it uh instead if we take a posture of of humility and listening and caring um, sometimes the best thing that one can do when people are facing extreme heat is, uh, is, is just to be present and to, to be, uh, you know, and just to listen, to be silent even, you know? So, um, and, and yeah, uh, when it gets hot, um, it can take a little bit of time to cool off. You know, uh, we went to the beach recently out near the ocean on the mm. East coast of Maryland, uh, beautiful, it's very easy to get sunburned buster. And uh, when you get over oh, no. overcooked, you don't go right back to the beach. Um, you might you might need to take a day off and, and cool off somewhere in the shade and out of the sun. And so um we we're gonna have those experiences. Uh we are. the Bible doesn't promise that we're not gonna have them. Uh that's that's the prosperity gospel that if you just do whatever, then you'll never have any more troubles. That that seems antithetical to the the gospel and to Scripture, which seems to um, uh, as long as we're here on this earth, uh, full of sin, there will be those trials that we'll be uh, facing. But we can also, because we have hope, as you talked about, Buster, we can be a people of hope. That the way we approach those that heat, if you will. Um, will be different than others, and that God will be with us through those uh, valleys, as it's described in Psalm 23. You know, that God will be there with us and uh, through, um, through all of that. Isaiah 43, verses one through seven. I'm not going to read all of this, it's a, a bit of a longer passage. Um, but uh, the, the verse two it says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Amen. So again, God doesn't promise that we're not going to have these extreme challenges, the heat, if you please. But when we do, we know God will be present with us through them. And so we need to trust him that God will uh, guide us and lead us through it. Whether it's ancient Israel, it's Abraham or it's uh, soup and swoops today uh, <laughs> for anybody that might
0: be listening to our voices. Yes. Uh, you know, Michael, uh, as you're reading all that and coming along with it, I think sometimes uh, combating the prosperity gospel, when we read and realize that God was a, a cloud of shade by day and a cloud of a pillar of fire by night, yeah. it meant that he was there, but it was uncomfortable and mm-hmm. he made it bearable. And mm. I think sometimes that's the way it is in life. Sometimes we want it to be comfortable, but it's uncomfortable and having God in our lives makes this life not only bearable, but we have that like on the ec- externally, right? Things might not always be great. We'll never be rich. I'll, you know, I'm, I'm claiming these things. I may never be rich. I may never be this or do that. But with God by my side, I have a purpose and a drive that causes me to want to serve others. And that's where I find the truest of joy, Right. Uh, yeah. and, and you have people in this world that have all the money they could ever want and they still don't have enough. So they try to go out to space and they come back and they say, it's still, not enough. <laughs> uh, and, and, and I'm just using that facetiously, but, uh, sometimes you have those who have on the outside looking in, it seems like they have everything and internally they're empty and they can't find it. And those of yeah. us who have it and have Christ, which is the, the greatest gift we could ever have, Man, mm. claim it, hold on to it. Uh, and and recognize that even in the extreme heat, that, that that he will make life not only bearable, he'll be able he'll help you uh, us to be content with it in order to get through it. Mm. Love it. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, we've c- covered a lot of territory, but uh, it, it's this has been a hot topic. Yeah, it's been. <laughs> <laughs> but the beautiful thing is God has promised his presence. And as a result, we do have hope. It's not going to be hot forever, even though it may seem like it in Texas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: it's a, like like you said, Michael, and I, that's why I appreciate your heart so much, just because uh, people are really dealing with heat exhaustion here, especially the homeless. Yeah. Uh, yeah. and, uh, friends that work at the County hospital here are saying they're having tons of people coming in and there's a lot of people who are committing their time and s- giving out water and shelters and everything else. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for doing that. And, and pray with our listeners spiritually, I'm hoping that you find shelter in a church that you can find solstice there. If you can't find one, keep looking, uh, because there is, there's a body of believers
1: out there that has purpose and drive for you as well. Don't give up. Amen. Amen. Well, on that note, I think that's a a great place to end. So this is Soup And Swoops. Signing Signing off. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues,
0: offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swau.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.